Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. I want to bring the word today, and I, I kind of was going back and forth on something. I just got to be honest with you and talking about this. You know, it's Christmas season, so I'm thinking about, I got to have a Christmas series in December. We're going to have a big Christmas series, and, and I love doing Christmas series, and uh, because I love the Christmas story and I love the, all the elements and what it means. And, and then as I, I, I told everybody, here's my title for the series, it's Peace on Earth and it's December, let's do a Christmas series. And then I wasn't feeling necessarily that I needed to jump right into the Christmas series aspect. And so I'm like struggling with what I feel like God's put on my heart. And then, the, but it's a Christmas series, Lord. And uh, I obediently went with the Lord. Okay, can I just tell you that? It's always a good thing to do. And I, that's, that's a clap right there. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for going with the Lord. I appreciate that right there. And so I, I really felt like it is a Christmas story. And so God just kind of helped me understand that. So let's read in the scripture. My first scripture this morning for you is here in Luke 2, 8 through 14. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel of the Lord said, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, hold on to that word, a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Peace on earth, a savior, peace on earth. And I just got to thinking about that for a little bit, peace on earth. And I got to just the natural for me, the, the thought process was this, well, well, peace on earth, there's not peace on earth. I mean, come on, really? I mean, I, can, I tell you, my lifetime, this is probably the most unpeaceful time to be on the planet, it seems like. And when Jesus came, there wasn't a more chaotic time, perhaps, than when God saw fit to send his son to the earth. And I believe that's why he chose that time because it was in such darkness, it was in such turmoil and such chaos. And then we know when Jesus came, the Savior to save the world, when he was born, it didn't all of a sudden become peaceful. In fact, they had to run for their lives. They had to take baby Jesus because the king at that time was saying, let's kill all the, the newborn boys. And they had to run to Egypt to save their life. And things never really got better. There's a Roman occupation and all the way up until the time of the crucifixion. And I believe again, he came at that time because the crucifixion, his death was gonna be so horrendous. It was the most terrible time for torture and for execution, if you will. And I think, where does the peace happen? Where's the peace at? And then we know since that time, it's not been any more peaceful. We may have had moments where it's been less chaotic, but the Bible says that the days we live in are evil and you know, until he returns, we're just gonna see and experience that. And so as you get to thinking about that, do we have this sense of like, well, Jesus came and all of a sudden everything's supposed to be at peace. And, and really what he's talking about here is peace in you. That you can have peace on earth in a chaotic, crazy earth. And that's a big deal because you can't control the circumstances around about you. I, I don't control the government, I don't control nations, I don't control the economy, I don't control, there's, there's very little that I can control, if you will, and outwardly it doesn't seem like there's ever gonna be peace, but he never meant it to be that way. He always meant that the savior who would come, those that would believe in him, can have in the midst of an unpeaceful world, find peace on earth. And I think that's amazing for you and I, that no matter what's happening around about us, that we can find the peace of God. And so. Let me back up to what I originally was talking about. And so leading up to today, we just finished our miracle series. 
We finished it with a moment, a miracle morning. We called it on the 21st, where we just encourage you to come. And, and we've been, been, been challenging you in your faith, building your faith. And all we need was create a moment that you could step in a little farther, grow a little deeper in the things of God, reach up to receive. Uh, all we need to do is create an environment where you can get out of your routine and just trust God and take him at his word. And we've already seen and heard many wonderful things that have come back. But in that time, I really felt a burden in my heart to, play, to pray, and particularly for miracles for kids, for children. It came on October 30th. I shared that story. If you were here, and God just dropped heavily in me a burden that we were going to be praying specifically for children, for miracles for them. And, and we got, and, and this in line with Acts 19, verse 11 and 12, where it says unusual miracles were wrought by Paul as people would come and take handkerchiefs and cloths and lay them on people, and they were miraculously healed. We know that the, the cloth and the handkerchief did not have healing properties, but it was a point of contact where faith can be released and the power of God can be directed. And so we followed that example. And so I felt the Lord let on my heart, let's get a bunch of teddy bears. We've got almost 400 teddy bears. And as a staff, we laid hands on all of them. And again, I just want to say as a testimony, all 400 were healed. And uh, we had hands on all of them. And uh, we had to fix a couple of crooked eyes and nose, but hey, amen in Jesus' name, right? And so, uh, but we believe following the scriptural precedent in Acts 19, that God would use that as a point of contact to bring health and healing into the hearts and lives of children. And so we had such an overwhelming response. We, we actually ran out of bears and we are working now to get everyone that requested a bear, a bear, we're just gonna ask you to bear with us. Come on, that's good, come on. Come on, show me a little bit of love, that's good. I, I'm telling you, that's a good one. <laughs> I got a bunch of them this morning. Anyway, so, uh, so we're, so, so, in that, then, we were able to distribute as, as many bears as we had, and we had a lot of people send requests, and we offered that as we will to our online family, and I think to date, we had over about 70 email responses uh, requesting about 140 bears, and so we see that there's a need, amen? We know that there's a need. We live in a world that there's a need for healing. We live in a fallen and perfect world. Sin came in, and with that came in sickness and disease, and so we're standing and believing we're Thankful for everyone that sent the email in because now we're, we've been going through them so we can be praying over them and seeing what the needs are. And as I was reading through them the other day, I just had this drop pop up on my spirit that we need to spend one more Sunday talking about healing. One more Sunday building faith because there's a lot of people out there believing for a lot of things. And I was really touched and I don't wanna get emotional this morning, but reading some of the things that people are facing and walking through and all the requests that came in were not specifically centered around kids. People were sending in for the grandparents. People, ladies were sending in that they're believing God for a baby, they're infertile and, and things like that. And I just felt in my heart that we need to spend more time building faith and, and telling you that we serve a miracle working God. And he's the God of the impossible. And he does miracles today and he heals today. And Jesus came to provide peace in our body. Peace on earth. In a fallen, imperfect world where sickness and death and sin came in and disease came in, Jesus came so we could have peace in our body while we're on this unpeaceful earth. And I want to encourage you that a little bit this morning. In fact, what I also want to say is we're working on getting bears and things are Orders have been canceled because of the demand and they're on back order and all this kind of stuff is happening and it's Christmas season and honestly, I don't know when we're realistically gonna get, be able to get it out to everybody, but I wanna tell you this morning, you don't have to wait to get a bear. God will heal you right now, right where you are. God will move and work in your heart and your life. Don't wait. And I'm, and I'm reading these emails and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it could be a month before we get a bear to them but there's an urgency to this email. And that we should never associate things with just an item or a service or a moment, but with a God, amen? 
with our source. And I just want to encourage you in that. And we're going to get bears out to everybody that requested one. But I want to encourage you. And so this rose up in my heart. And so I, I had someone go out and get some, get some random animals here. And here's the little prayer bear that we had. But uh, I had him get some other kind of animals here. And here's what I want to say about this. If you know a family member or a friend or a coworker that has a child that's not feeling good, don't wait and request a bear from us. Go to Walmart, get you a bear, get you a hippo, get you a dog, even get you an armadillo. This one's my favorite, because as you know, I was an armadillo wrangler. That's another story. Get you that and gather your family together. And get your family around the table and sit on the couch and read the healing scriptures that are provided online and through the app and say, kids, and say, honey, let's just believe God because little Johnny next door or, or the little girl that, that's your coworker or whatever, man, they need a miracle from God. And get your family together, and it can be anything, and just lay hands on it and pray over it and just say, God, bring your healing power into this child. Do what only you can do. Bring a miracle, Father God. We're believing for a miracle. And you can speak those scriptures over it. And then you can go and you can give it. And be so bold as to go give it to your neighbor. Give it to your coworker. Give it to whoever. Give it to that child. And be so bold as to say, we wanted to give you this. We've prayed over it and we're believing for a miracle. Because here's what. Why not say that? And I was thinking about, well, I'm going to put myself out there. What if something doesn't happen? You know, we trust God and we believe God. God's going to do We leave it up to God. Do whatever you want to do. But what do you have to lose? Because you don't get credit if they're healed. And you don't get the blame if they're not. So what do you have to lose? The responsibility is not yours. You're responsible for taking care of your neighbor. You're responsible for looking out for your coworker. You're responsible for attaching your faith to something and reading scriptures and prayer and believing God and then reaching out and being the hands and feet of Jesus through anything. And if we could take it a step farther because Acts 19, 11, and 12, they just talked about handkerchiefs and they talked about uh, cloth from his body. Can I tell you this? And we only have a few of these, but it doesn't mean that matter that's true. Get you a little beanie and give it to someone to put on their kid's head. <laughs> get, get you a, get you a, a bandana. Get, get you a, a scarf or a blanket. What, what does it matter? There's not healing properties in that. It's a point of contact that we can attach our faith to and they can, they can grab a hold of that. And I just I felt I needed to share that this morning. So I couldn't go on into this real Christmassy type message, although I believe he came to provide peace on earth or peace in our body in a world full of sin and sickness and disease. That you and I, in fact, when you read that scripture, it'll talk about, um, it'll say peace on earth and goodwill towards men in the translation I selected because it is more of the Christ, typical Christmas story. But if you read another translation, it'll, it'll talk about on whom God's favor rests. Another translation will say this, on, on those that please God. And you know what's pleasing to God? Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, the Bible says. And so as an act of your faith, Go buy a stuffed animal. Go buy a scarf or a hat. And it doesn't have to be for kids. Don't get me wrong. And be the hands and feet of Jesus and help bring a little peace on earth to your neighbor, to your coworker. And I just wanted, you, I wanted to encourage you in that. I think, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Peace on earth. Whether there's ever a time that I needed peace on earth, it's now. In my life, in my body, in my relationships, and what we're doing. And I want to encourage you this morning through this message to just look for the peace on earth that God has for you. 
And sometimes just a little act of kindness is the, is the right amount of faith for God to move and work in a situation. Let's take a look at John 14, 27. Peace, this is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you, my peace, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What Jesus is saying, he's getting ready to leave and he's saying, he's basically talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm sending another comforter. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit comes inside of every believer. What does the Holy Spirit do? He brings peace. So we know there's not peace on earth, but you can have peace on earth in your life and your body through the person, the relationship with the Holy Spirit. So for you and I, who all those that call Jesus Savior and Lord, we have access to peace beyond this world's peace. The world's peace is determined about circumstances and situations by which you have no control over, but you can grab a hold of a peace that comes with a relationship with Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit. He leaves the Holy Spirit with us. He leaves his peace with, it was never dependent upon him being physically on the earth, although he had to come because he had to die. But so we can have peace on earth, then he had to go to heaven and send the Holy Spirit in his place to be with you and I. So we can have peace on earth. I, I, I love this, and I've been digging into this Christmas story, if you will, from this perspective. I, that's an inward peace, and it's not a situational, circumstantial peace. It's a spiritual and inward peace that we can all have. In what ways? John 14, 18 says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus speaking. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That sounds like peace being brought to those that are poor in spirit. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That sounds like peace coming to our emotions, to proclaim liberty to captives, peace in our mind, and recovery of sight to the blind, peace in our body, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Peace, peace, peace. Coming to those who embrace the relationship with Jesus, no matter how chaotic, no matter how, how much in turmoil the world seems to be, you and I have a promise of peace that we can walk in if we will embrace the Savior, the Savior. I want to continue to build your faith this morning in the time I have left in a God who heals and does miracles, who brings peace to your body. We, we're not going to dig into all of it. You can go back and listen to some of that. But we know Jesus coming and Jesus giving his life. He did miracles while he was on the planet. He healed people. And then he, he went to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit. And we saw more miracles done by his people. And I just want to encourage you. He is all about healing all about miracles, and the Bible says there, there, was, about, there was more miracles than, than you could even write down on paper is what it says that he did. We see about 30 healing miracles that Jesus did and then too many others to write down. And in fact, one of my favorite miracles, is one, this is the most controversial miracle perhaps, and he did big miracles in our estimation, little miracles in our estimation, although they're the same to him. You know, he healed and he raised the dead, and one of the most controversial miracles even that Jesus did was he healed Peter's mother-in-law and by which the scholars would say today, that's why Peter denied Jesus three times. <laughs> but anyway, so. <laughs> no, too far? Okay. Well, your mom's not here today. She was here last week. Okay, all right. All right, too far. I got you. Okay. <laughs> and so we're believing our faith. We're, we're stepping out of faith. And I want to use that word faith because I don't know why faith became such a bad word in our belief system. And it's like, are you one of those faith people? Yes. Are you that faith church? Absolutely. Are you of the health and wealth crowd? Yes, I am of the health and wealth crowd. What's the alternative, the sick and broke? I don't want to be of that. I'm going to believe and trust God no matter what. I believe he does miracles. I believe he's my provider. He's my healer. No matter what's happening, no matter what it looks like in my bank account, no matter what feels in my body, I'm basing that on his character and nature, not what's happening in my life today. 
And I wanna talk about that for a minute because sometimes we'll stay away from the word faith because we think, and I've had people tell, I've shared stories, I've had people tell me this, that, that it's wrong to build people with this expectation of faith so when something doesn't happen, there's this huge disappointment on the other end and then they're gonna believe God doesn't do that and they're gonna be disenchanted with God and disenchanted with church. Can I tell you, that's up to them, but I'm gonna believe God no matter what. My faith is always gonna be engaged for everything. I don't know what to say about that. And I've... And I've shared, I've shared my story before. My dad was preaching and he, and he, he laid hands on 20 people and, and they got healed and he went immediately after that to the hospital and he died of a massive heart attack and he found himself in heaven and I'm back in the room and he's on the table and I'm trying to raise him from the dead and, and I'm trying to engage my faith and clear my mind of all doubts and he stayed on that table, thank goodness, because if he would have come back, he would have been very angry. Why did you bring me back to this place? <laughs> And then I didn't share this part, this story rather, but a couple years ago, my sister on a Sunday morning, they passed her one chapel in Austin. She woke up and had a massive stroke and they had to rush her by ambulance to the hospital. My mom called me that, that morning and I gotta get up and preach in a few minutes and, 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 and we're believing God and we called a few prayer warriors and we're believing God. And by, by noon that day, everything had dissipated and everything had returned back to normal. And the doctors even told her, based on where that stroke came, where it came from and where it hit your brain, this should have been devastating, but there's no sign of it now. So I've seen all that. I've seen it both ways. I've seen it. I've had, a, I've had a dad that went to heaven right after he laid hands on the sick and they got healed. And, and it was a good man, a good pastor. And, and I prayed for him to come back or whatever. And I had a sister and, and all of a sudden get miraculously healed. I don't know why he does what he does and who he does it with. I, I'll leave that up to him. But I believe he does miracles. And I don't always understand it, but I will believe for a miracle every single time. I know my God heals. And I've prayed for people that have gone on to heaven and I've prayed for people that have stayed here on the earth. But here's what I know, 100% of people in heaven are healed. It just is the truth. So faith, faith is a part of who we are. But I know it takes faith, and then that can be a struggle. And we talked about that. Faith, faith is not maybe some kind of emotion or feeling you try and generate. How can you generate the right emotion in the midst of your emotional upheaval, right? How can you try and generate this emotion when your emotions are going crazy because of what you've just experienced or experiencing? We talked about it being something you try and create or generate. How can you do that in your, in your most difficult moment? Faith can be a position that you take and you're gonna stand there no matter what, how you feel. Faith is not, if you peel it all away, faith is not how much you believe you love God as you're trying to generate this extra love for God and I love you so much, God, I love you so much and I'm gonna love you more so I'll get my answer. It's not based in that, it's based on how much you believe God loves you. And God loves you that he sent his son to a crazy world in the midst of darkness and pain and suffering, he sent his son, Jesus, that he can live and die and be our savior and be our sacrifice. He couldn't love us anymore. And we believe in miracles today. Uh, but understand this, faith moves the hand of God. I, I know there's gifts of faith, there's gifts of miracles, there's gifts of healing, there's gifts sometimes that God just does. And I don't know why, and I don't determine that. I'm gonna believe for him every time, but faith moves the hand of God. And so take a look at this one, Mark 534, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years reached out to touch the garment of Jesus and she found her healing. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, your faith has made you well. She didn't even touch Jesus, she touched what was touching him, but yet she reached out. Nobody knew, but she reached out and all of a sudden Jesus realizes what took place 
And so he tells her, your faith has made you whole. There's a man that had leprosy in Luke 17, 19, and it says this, if you, uh, it says this, Luke 17, 19, he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. And we see faith was key, key to his receiving his healing. It was with the other lady. And one more, there was a blind man that wanted to receive his sight, and Jesus ministered to him in Mark 10, 52, and it says, then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. There's something that moves the heart of God, and it's called faith. It's not called need, and it's not called desperation, it's called faith. And I know it can seemingly be elusive at times, but I wanna encourage you, it is simpler than you think. You've made it complicated. We're listening to, other, to too many voices, but faith moves the hand of God and the heart of God, and faith is necessary. That's where, but that's where our tension point is, isn't it? That's where our argument, our rub is. Some people don't wanna address faith because of how it makes people feel. I didn't have enough faith, so, I, so I'm, I, I, what's wrong with me? I couldn't manufacture enough faith. I never will. I'm disappointed. He doesn't love me. And I'm gonna tell you this morning, none, none of that is true. You cannot get away, however, from the fact that your faith is important. And you can grow your faith, you can exercise your faith, you can walk in faith, speak your faith, declare your faith, pray in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, and we need to be doing the things, whether we want to or not, that will build our faith. Because obviously it is key to moving the hand. So instead of fighting against it and trying to find some other way, embrace it and do the things that will build your faith. And and I wanna encourage you today that your faith is important, and that's a good thing. And I don't have all the answers, but my faith is not based on what he does, but it's based on who he is. Your faith is not based on what he does, but it's based on who he is. But use your faith. We need to be a church that speaks in faith. We need to be a church that, that, that will give an animal in faith, if you will, a stuffed animal or a hat or a scarf based on the scripture. We need to be a church that this is a faith place, that if you're sick, then come on. We're gonna pray, we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna praise God for your healing. And we're gonna speak the word of faith here in Jesus' name. We're gonna leave everything up to God, but we're gonna do what God tells us to do. That is our faith engaged. Your faith doesn't, listen, your faith doesn't have to be big enough to be big or big enough if you put your trust in your big God and you're more than enough God. I don't know if my faith is big enough. It may not be, but his is. His power is. I don't know if I have strong faith. My faith not, might not be strong enough. I'm, I'm in this situation. Maybe I, have, maybe I have faith to believe for my headache to go away, but I don't have faith to, to combat this diagnosis. You, you, your faith doesn't have to be big enough. If there's levels of faith to overcome something. It's your faith has to be in God. And he's big enough to overcome it. He's big enough to overcome the impossible. You just got to give him something to work with. You don't do the healing. He does. I, 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 my faith must not be big enough. Well, how big does your faith have to be? How big does your faith have to be to receive from God? Well, let's take a look. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus answers this question right here. If you have the faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. There is no way a mustard seed is in comparison or equal to a mountain. So there, there's like this, this balance we have to think. We have to have this level of faith for this level of miracle. Are you kidding me? The Bible says all you need is the smallest amount, a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds to move perhaps the biggest of obstacles. Oh, well, if you don't believe that scripture, if that's not enough, I'll give you a supporting one. Let's take a look at Luke 17, 6. Here we go. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. What is the reality here? Yeah, God can change the laws of nature, but Jesus is wanting us to understand it's not the size of your faith, it's the size of your God. 
but you gotta give them something. I, I, I mean, this might, be must, this might be mustard seed faith. So go get it. Pray over it and give it. This might just be the act of faith that you need. It might not be great faith. I mean, I need to, this has to happen and we need a prayer line and they need to fall out and all this. No. Go get you an armadillo. Preferably a stuffed one. And just give your imperfect faith to God because God wants to work with the faith you give him. He just wants you to give him something. I gotta go get the pastor's faith. I gotta go get... This faith, I gotta go, no, you have in you the faith God needs to work with. Just give them something. Give them your imperfect, emotion-filled, fearful faith. Give it to them, just a little bit. So God will work with the faith that you give them because he makes up the difference. He makes up the difference. There's a great story in a scripture about a dad who was believing for healing for his son. And the others had prayed for him and nothing had happened and then Jesus came down from the mountain and kind of came up, caught up with the situation. And here's the end of the story, Mark 9, 24, that immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. But what happened transpired before is, he said to Jesus, can you heal my son? And Jesus basically said to him, what do you mean, can I heal your son? If you believe, anything's possible. And then this man, very honestly, which I appreciate, said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm afraid. I, I'm, I'm afraid to extend my faith out there and be disappointed if it doesn't happen. I'm afraid to tell everybody that I'm praying and believing for him and they never get healed. I'm afraid. How many of us live in that place? I love the honesty of this man because I find myself there so many times and I ask God to help my unbelief and so... I pray before I pray. I pray before I give out an animal or a cloth to somebody. Lord, help me. I'm not sure exactly how to pray for this, but I'm gonna give this in faith. And God will meet you where you are at. God loves you enough to work with the faith that you have. Just give him something. I love that story. I love the heart of that father because that's the heart of all of us. Our faith isn't based on what God does. Our faith is based on who he is. And he has a reason that we'll never understand, so we leave that to him. We trust him with it all. Our faith is, our faith is not based on what he did in a moment. Our faith is based on what he did on the cross. Not what he did in a moment, but what he did on the cross. And it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. God loved you so much he sent his son our faith is not based on seeing the result of a miracle. Our faith is based on the character and goodness of a God who sacrificed his son for you. No greater love, no greater care, character and nature of God. So we leave with what we don't understand to him. Sometimes our faith is great. Sometimes our faith is mustard seed size. But I'll bring my imperfect faith to him every time because I believe he's a miracle working God full of power, power to heal. And it's not based on what he does, but based on who he is. And I wanna say this, that scripture said in the Christmas story, the Savior, the Savior has come to save. Come to save the Savior. And I love that because you know what, you know what, you know what salvation is for you and I? It is the greatest miracle that could ever happen. And yet everyone who draws a breath on the planet could have the miracle for salvation. How can we not have the faith 
for anything else God provides. I mean, I don't know how faith you felt like you had to generate to receive God. I don't think I had any faith as a kid. I just knew there was a God and I wanted him in my life. And I'll be honest with you, most of that was I didn't want to go to hell, <laughs> right? How much faith did that take then, right? To pray and ask God into my heart and my life. And you cannot talk me out of my salvation. I don't always feel saved, but you could never talk me out of my salvation. But you know what? Sometimes we get talked out of our healing because we base it on how we feel. If I base my salvation on how I feel, I'd be unsaved most of the time I stand up here, to be honest with you. But it's not how you feel. It's you know it's what God did for you. And you know what? God didn't only just provide salvation on the cross. You know what the word salvation literally means in the Greek when you go to the root of the word? It's the word sozo. And sozo literally means saved, healed, and delivered. So do you realize the work of the cross was not just for your salvation, but was for your healing and your deliverance? What Jesus did was so you could be saved, but so you could be healed and so you could be free in Jesus' name. Sometimes we have to stand in that place of I know I'm saved, healed, and delivered, and I have to stand. And I, can I tell you, I'm not a military guy. I had enjoyed conversations with some friends the other day and had some military friends, but from what I understand, the military say, it's easier to defend the high point than to take it. I think maybe sometimes we have to stand in our place of what God has already done in our heart and lives and defend our position than try to attain something. And so I wanna encourage you this morning, maybe our perspective needs to change for a little bit. When you feel sickness and disease, you know someone, stand in that place of what Jesus did on the cross. By his stripes, I've been healed. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives your sins and heals your diseases. What has he done for you? He took his brokenness on his body. He took stripes on his back so you could have healing and wholeness. What is that? That is a part of the cross. At the cross, he went so you could be forgiven of sin, have a relationship with the holy God, and spend eternity in heaven. But he took a beating and stripes so you could have a covenant of healing and wholeness. Defend your position. I'll defend my salvation all day long. I need to defend my healing. I may not feel healed, but it's mine in Jesus' name. And I walk in the authority, the work, the shed blood of Jesus that's been given me. And I want to share this as a last story. In the, on the Old Testament, um, children of Israel, here's interesting, you back up to when they were in bondage with Moses. Moses was a deliverer. But God was setting his people free. And so if you know the story, uh, the, the death angel came and passed over the children of Israel who had blood of an innocent lamb shed over the doorposts. And then they delivered the people of God, and God delivered them, and Moses led them out. But do you know that here's the sacrificial lamb that allowed death to pass over? And then it says when the children of Israel were set free from bondage, every single one of them walked out healed and whole. So you have the blood sacrifice, and you have healing and wholeness. You see this principle all throughout the Old and New Testament. And so when we look now at the cross, because Jesus was born so he could die. He lived so he could be a sacrifice. And we celebrate peace on earth and him coming and we have a peace in, we, we have to, we, we celebrate this peace, if you will. Maybe you thought of it initially outwardly, but inwardly now. And that includes peace in your body and peace in your mind and peace in your spirit. But I wanna say this, what, when the children of Israel then went to the promised land and Moses sent 12 spies out, you know the story, the promised land was promise of God. 
it was good, it was their promise, it was their possession, and yet 10 spies came back with a bad report. They chose to believe what they saw with their eyes instead of what God said. And so that generation had to die out, and so two, two spies saw what God said, that's our possession, let's go take it. And then when Joshua crossed the Jordan River and the children of Israel were going to possess the land, when they came into the city, and they came, uh, the spies came into the city and they talked to Rahab that was in there, and Rahab said, where you been? Basically, where you guys been for 40 years? We're waiting for you to come take this place. We heard about your God. He's the God of the impossible. And we knew there was no way we could maintain possession of this if God had given it to you. The moment you decided to take it and possess it, we knew we had to leave. I think about that. God provided you salvation in that he provided healing and deliverance. It's yours to possess. Take it. Take it to be yours. Because the enemy cannot stand against God. Amen? The enemy cannot stand against God. For 40 years, they missed out on what was theirs because they believed the circumstances instead of the promise. Hold on to the promise of God. And you know what happened in that moment as they marched around? You know the story Every day, six days, one time around in silence. You know, I'm glad they were silent because if I'm in that group around, we gotta march around again. That's, we're never gonna take that place, right? Sometimes we need to shut our mouth and be obedient. And if you keep marching around, keep marching around, but keep your mouth shut until all of a sudden, God told them that you give a shout of praise. And when you give a shout of praise, those walls come down. And I think sometimes when it comes to what you're believing God for in your body, the healing, Number one, be obedient to what God has told you. And keep your mouth shut if you have negative things or complaining to say. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. And then you find at that right moment, then you lift up a shout to Jesus. You lift up a praise to God. And you praise him till the walls come down. And you keep marching around and praise him till the walls come down. Amen. And you receive what is yours. What is yours? What God has promised you. He's promised you salvation, healing, and deliverance. Let's all stand to our feet. So here, as we close the service, and we're gonna do communion in a few minutes. But I ask the guys to come back up, and we're gonna do just one more time, we're gonna sing that song, Praise is a Weapon of My Warfare. And I don't know what you're feeling and believing, and maybe you came and you're believing for something from Miracle Morning and all that, I, I, I'm in with all that. Let's, let's believe all that. But this morning, maybe there's something you wanna thank him for, maybe something you're believe and possess. And when we sing this song, that's up to you. I don't know what it looks like for you. I, don't, I know what it looks like for me. All we know to do is create a moment. And so we're gonna sing and, and lift our praise to God. We're gonna praise him, I believe, till the walls come down and we possess what's ours. So let's worship for a little bit more.
this morning, right now, we raise a hallelujah to you, Father God. In the midst of our storm, no matter what we feel, no matter, no matter what's been told, no matter what's been spoken over us, right now, we choose to believe you and take you at your word. That you've promised it's not just salvation, but healing and deliverance. So right now, Father God, we raise a hallelujah in the middle of our storm. And we say that you are more than enough. You're a God of miracles. You're the God of the impossible. And we take you at your word to receive what is ours, to possess what you have said is our promise, Father God. In Jesus' name, it's ours. And we receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 God is good. He is good. He is good and he is faithful. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope today was just to maybe stir our faith a little bit. And, and, and understand this. It's, it's not the size of your faith. It's the size of your God. And the Bible was very clear. He will take our imperfect faith and use it. He will take what we have and make the difference up with himself. I just want to encourage you just to step out and trust Him with everything. Believe for the impossible. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.